Welcome to Inside the Upside Down on the Mike Ricksecker audio journey on MikeRicksecker.com. Welcome to Inside the Upside Down tonight. Well, first of all, I'm Mike Ricksecker, author and ghost historian. With me, as always, is Shauna Wonkel. Tonight, we're going to be talking about documenting the paranormal. I know on the surface, like, documentation. Isn't documentation always boring? But in the way we do it, when we are documenting our cases, not necessarily just writing it down, but actually uh, sharing with everybody our different experiences or different information that we've uncovered or stories that have been lost to time. There's a lot involved with all of this. And even when we do these inside the upside downs or edge of the rabbit holes, that is a way of documenting because of the way our society has evolved. It's no longer a book. Although we'll talk about books <laughs> for sure because that's a big part of Haunted Road Media. So you got it all shared out, Shauna? Mm -hmm. All right, so those of you with the White Rabbit Notification Squad, of course, go ahead and share it out, or everybody. Everybody can share it out. They're allowed to. You know, it's a thing. Sharing it, sharing is good. <laughs> Be free to share. <laughs> All right, so we got people uh, lining up down there in the chat room. All right, Tom McNicholas says you need documentation. There's Stacy Comiskey, Robert Hanna, um, Holly Pendlin. There's Diane Hilbert as well. And uh, so, all right, let's go ahead and crank away. So scrolling is, of course, this is Facebook, so scrolling works weird. Um, and Andrea Agersane uh, says, hi, Mike and Shauna. Is that the same Andrea from, that was in chat at uh, Edge of the Rabbit Hole a little bit ago? Probably. Okay. I didn't see cool. a last name there. but All yeah. right, very cool. Well, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah. So, uh, Atomic yeah, Nicholas, we just need to pull the camera out when absolutely needed. Um, yeah, so a lot of it, and a lot of what we do is with the camera, with our documentation. So, first and foremost, though, with Haunted Road Media, it did, well, it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of mixed. Did it start with the books or did it start with the videos? It's almost like the chicken and the egg at this point. I don't know. Because I was doing video stuff before Haunted Road Media. Haunted Road Media came along, and of course we're doing the books, but I was writing before the books for myself, but it's all, I don't know, it's all kind of a mishmash now, <laughs> but, um, and Tanya Sargistian says she has shared it, all right, cool, yeah, Stacy Comiskey, I was trying to document everything to cover your ass, and that's kind of a thing, yeah, absolutely, cover your ass with documentation, so, um, you know, and we're going to share some books here. So, Hunter uh, Road Media is big on the encounters of the paranormal books. Uh, these document stories from everybody from all over. Uh, we do highlight a lot of different uh, haunted locations. Like this one is the Fairy Plantation. Of course, we've got the one in Mineral Springs Hotel, Golden Rock Showboat. Um, and so, those tell the stories of those specific locations in that particular part of the book. And it helps. The, the kind of the big idea is, yeah. We're, we're, we're raising some funds for these particular locations, but also we're passing along these stories because they'll eventually be lost to time like everything else um, if we don't actually share them out with everybody, which we're talking about sharing here, so let's share. <laughs> um, but that's that's a big part of what we do, Shauna, with Haunted Road Media is we like to 
pass things on to the next generation of stories that have been lost to time. Mm-hmm. So, um, Tom McNicholas says, you always tell me to bring a notepad on investigations. That's true. I do. I do actually make that point. Um, I think it's a uh, overlooked part of investigations that take some notes, jot down what's happening. You might forget. Um, it's possible you could remember on audio, but a lot of times we'll see something or we'll hear something and maybe the audio doesn't pick that up. Um, so I think it's always good to at least note what you saw or heard, mark down the time. Um, so that's a way to kind of chronicle your investigation for sure. So, all right. No lost for words. <laughs> she's trying to figure out what she's going to say yet. I haven't found anything to comment on yet. All right. I'm just listening. <laughs> she's letting Mike monologue for right now, <laughs> which is fine. Um, all right. So, yeah, what? I, let me move this around here a little bit. So that's the Encounters with the Paranormal book series for, from Haunted Road Media, part of our continuing effort to share information about these particular locations and share others' experiences as well. Because, and we talk about this a lot, that I might not have the same experience you had, Shauna may not have had the same experience you had, but somebody, somebody may have. So that's kind of the idea of that. So we have a lot of interesting things. I'm just doing like the whole book display right now and, uh, Vanessa just came out with a rebel witch and that's a way of documenting some of her experiences and her viewpoints um, Michelle Hamilton with her Civil War ghost you want to talk about documenting some stories here like these you know you're actually getting into actual articles from the uh, Civil War time frame of ghost sightings and that's something we've done here with Alton because you came across a number of ghost stories, old ones that were in the local paper here that we've been able to bring back to life. Yeah, that was that was a, a very cool find. It's like, you know, ghost stories and the telling of them and the experiences isn't just something that's, it isn't a new thing. It's been going on for a very, very, very long time. Yeah, and they reported it like news back then mm-hmm. you know it wasn't just it was what you'll see in the papers now when somebody's covering a uh i've, I've been in articles like this like paranormal investigative team comes to you know hunt i hate using that word but hunt because they will mm-hmm. some particular location okay great but that's not actually reporting the ghost sighting that's just reporting we're going to go check it out to see if there's paranormal activity going on but back in the day they would actually put in the paper so-and-so had this experience and saw this ghost or like the one in milton where you had 300 people going there because they were seeing stuff going on (laughs) and that was wild like 300 people showed up in the same spot uh, and I mean, we went to that spot and I, you know, we stood and saw the place where they would have all congregated. That's a lot of people. <laughs> 300. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of, that's like the largest ghost hunt I've ever heard of is 300 people. Yeah. It was that particular one. Yes. I'm trying to share it out as well. Tim Schoen reminds me, I have to, uh, mention who has sponsored the show. So let me cover that real quick. Haunted Road Roast. It helps you hunt ghosts. 
I'm trying to be a little more fun. I mean, this is supposed to be the after show of Edge of the Rabbit Hole inside the Upside Down. And we're sweating because it's hot in here and it's summer. It's hot in here. Yeah. Yeah, there's no AC on. No, we got the little fan going on over there and that's really about it. There it is. It's live. Okay. And of course, Ghosty is the official Hunter Road Media mascot. So we got it's brought to you by Ghosty as well. And Ichabod Cranium. All right. So, um, Bree Jones, some of us get to have experiences at 3 a.m. when we're not even even at Mineral Springs. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and Tom gets preoccupied with equipment sometimes. Um, yeah. So, and what, going back to the Alton stuff and the articles like that. So, this is where we are documenting with Alton. We're grabbing those old news articles that were reported 150 years ago, 100, well, some of them 150 years ago, others maybe like around 100, um, that have been lost to time. People have forgotten about these things. Um, there's some historic sites, like the, um, what is that, Illinois Gin Web, something yeah. like that? Yeah. That, Madison that, County. Madison County. They have a Facebook page. Mm -hmm. They'll toss some stuff up there. And they'll talk about different historic events. And some are paranormal, some are not. Some are just history. Some are a mix of both. But every day they, they're posting something. So it's a really cool page. I like it. Right. So, And I, I really respect that. They're helping people to remember these things that happened. If they're not... They're not all paranormal. They're just history. Um, but they recognize that a lot of these things have been lost to time. And so they're doing part of what we do, which is reminding people, hey, this happened. You know, here's here's this story from back in the day. We're focused more on the paranormal and the ghost sightings and the spirits, spirituality. So we're finding those specific articles, pulling those out of the past sharing those but then also visiting those sites so i could write a blog post i could share it in a book but we also add the element of the video along with it so we have our alton ghost stories video which we've been looking to expand and do more episodes which was always the idea to do a series and well it's just been a little wet down there a little bit right so we shared the articles in that. We went to the sites. We did investigations there, shared our experiences at the locations, and gave everybody a firsthand glimpse of what the site was and connections that we discovered along with it. Because we had discovered that the last, what was it, the last house that was down there was owned by George Smith, and he had it moved. So Milton was no longer a town. Um, it went away for a while and later on came back as East Alton. They moved the house. And then we discovered another story with the paranormal involved connected to that house at a later date and time. So it's interesting finding those different connections and being able to share that and provide you guys with a glimpse of all of that. So... Um, See, Tom McNichols is going to be proactive when we talk to you. Oh, Egyptian theater. Yeah, so that's coming up. Uh, Spook Show Con 
in uh, was it August 17th, 18th? Yeah, coming up here. So definitely then that's even another way to, um, if you want to talk about documentation, that's another way to cover these different things and share with everybody is going to these different shows and paracons because you have these people speaking on a lot of great different topics. You know, I'll go there, I'll talk about history and the paranormal. I'll go there and talk about shadow people. You have other people talking about, uh, they might be sharing some of their experiences. Um, like uh, Vanessa and Katie were talking about more of, um, what talking about? more about spirituality, um, psychic activity, stuff like that. I mean, psychic mediums. Katie's an empath. I do have her uh, visions from the afterlife here. So, you know, Katie writes about and shares with being an empath and so she has documented her experiences and that's part of the different paracons and the shows like that is being able to sit there and get first-hand experiences from people that have had these experiences i think i just said experiences about three times in there but <laughs> but you know what i mean um it's another way to get on the record things that have happened, you know. Um, and I know they were trying to record that. So, um, yeah, you'll notice that we try to provide a lot of different ways to be able to get hands on the information. So, through this live stream is one of them. The videos that we put up on the Hunter Road Media YouTube channel, we have almost 700 of them now. That's a way to do it. There's the blogs. You know, go to MikeRickSecker.com. You got all the blogs out there. Um, of course, I link back to a lot of the videos in there as well. And I'm not trying to pimp my books. I'm pimping everybody else's book right now, right? <laughs> um, but that's a way to be able to share that information. Otherwise, it gets lost to time. You know, one, I think one of the great advents of the internet is having that more accessible information. Um, I can imagine growing up out here where you were at because I was already in a small town you were in a town that was even smaller getting your hands on information like that had to be really freaking hard to come by and I know you weren't necessarily looking for it back in the day but I can't imagine that it was available back then yeah I wasn't looking for it then I wish because I used to volunteer my time at the local library and it had the old, you know, the musty smell, yeah. and it had the really old falling apart books. And if you wanted to look something up, you had to open the drawer and you had the to card catalog. Through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I if if there was something there, I would have, you know, if I would have been into it back then, I would have seen it. Um, but I was in there a lot. I just liked to be around books. Right. I liked to read. You know. Um, but just even the local library, you know, here in Greenfield's not a big town by any means. Um, but their library is nice. Good. They've got some good stuff in there. Well, they keep they keep things well um, organized, and they have a lot of the history of Green County and. They stuff have a like lot of in local there. information, and that's and that's a fantastic tool and a fantastic place to get local information is go to the library. Um, Steve Deshabi brought it up on Edge of the Rabbit Hole a couple weeks ago where 
you know, he's he's talking with some of these different, um, you know, homeowners and all that, mm-hmm. uh, people I was working on cases with, and they're like, well, you know, I found it online. And he's like, what are you talking about? I went down to, you know, with the clerk's office or library or whatever, and I got the actual document in my hand that says this, that, and the other thing. I don't know what you got online, but here's the real deal. Yep. You know? Um, and so, especially with local information, in a small area like this, it's not necessarily going to be online. You have to go to the local library or local clerk's office or whomever and, and get that information. Um, your hometown, Campsville, has the Archaeological Society there, mm-hmm. and they have a little museum. And so that's another way of documenting is they have a museum where you get hands-on. Yeah, and local historians and some of the elder members of the community are usually pretty open to sitting down and talking um, because I, a lot of people just don't care anymore. You know, so any, any yeah. chance they get to, you know, reminisce and talk about how things used to be, and they'll jump on it. So Emerson is a good example. Right. Um, and then um, my old neighbor uh, Maurice that lived down the hill. He had a lot of good information. He was he was busting out like the old high school yearbooks and everything. So, uh, Robert Hanna says, "I love your advice, Mike, on ghost hunting tips for newbies about being respectful, talking to spirits as they were alive because they're still people, which is something a lot of paranormal groups don't do." Yeah. So we will again part of documentation is documenting how we handle investigations. I really think if you send two teams in one who's just in it to see who can get the best evidence and get on TV and the other one who actually cares about the people. If team number one catches anything, it's probably going to be residual. Um, Team number two approaches spirits like people and they're probably going to have the better experience because it's not all about the flashing lights and the bells and the whistles and trying to be famous. Um, It's about a lot more than that. And the spirits, the intelligent uh, spirits that are out there are going to have a lot more respect for somebody that notices them uh, and they might even give up some information sometimes sometimes you know they can only give out so much but um, it's it's just a lot better just just don't investigate like an asshole <laughs> don't investigate like an asshole <laughs> I appreciate all the thumbs up and hearts uh, down there I know that's a uh, you know that's a good point. Would could you consider at all? Okay, the the people that are just out there to try to get the best, um, the best piece of evidence, you know, not to really necessarily converse with whoever's there. I mean, they do these different things, like you know, try to hit me. They might provoke, um, you know, make a noise, close the door, all that garbage, um, and not really converse. They still may get a little piece of evidence and collect it and who knows do who knows what with it you know sometimes they'll post it sometimes they won't because they want to collect that evidence and keep it because they want to show some television show like you know here here it is they don't want to take the chance of somebody grabbing that you know from online somewhere or posting it as their own to show off to some show or whatever and seriously that goes on um but they do have that that bit of whatever whether it's interaction or they saw something, is that really documenting? It's data collection, right? 
Yeah, but if you're not doing anything with it, then you're just collecting evidence. To me, documenting something is intent to go further with it. Collecting is just like, well, I have this. Maybe I'll use it later. Maybe I won't. You know, it's not all about you. And yet, at the end, it's not all about you. And too many people make it that way. Yeah, and I, I, I believe you're correct that documenting is taking the next step to tell that story of what's going on there. Yeah, we have this piece of evidence that we've collected, this this thing that happened or this thing that we saw or heard. What does that mean in the greater scope of it all? You know, who was it possibly? You know, like we saw that little girl. Who was she? We had all those interactions with Molly and we're trying to piece it together. You know, um, all the things that we're doing down there at, you know, the Milton Cemetery, you know, we're trying to determine what it all means and how it pertains to the local history and lore of that building or location, cemetery, whatever it is. Um, that uh, Vaughn Cemetery. Mm-hmm. You know, we That's followed cool. up, you did, on the stones that are there. Why are the stones lined up as they are and marked male and female? And they said that they, that somebody uh, used dowsing rods and the dowsing rods pretty much clarified whether they were male or female, but how did they do that? I haven't had a reply to that one yet because, you know, how do, how do the rods tell you? Yeah, I didn't understand that one. And um, I talked with Cheryl Carter, and I told you this uh, last night when I came home um, this past weekend in Mid-South because she's actually done work with dowsing rods in finding graves. And so it's it's a legit thing. You can find graves with dowsing rods. And I I believe that when mm-hmm. she told you that you could, because I know you can use dowsing rods to I find. I know people that have done it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people, I've known people to do it. And, of course, water is a big one um, th- to try to find with, with rods. So finding graves, yes. Determining male or female, yeah, Cheryl's just like, I, I've never heard of that. I mean... I'm assuming that it would be because the person doing it was psychic and knew that they were male or female. And I believe there are psychics out there. I believe that. Yeah. But I'm going to need more proof than that. Right. Just some person who I don't know, who I've never, you know, been able to see what they're doing as legit. Tell me, oh, yeah, that's a man. That's a woman. That's a man. Why? Because I say so. I mean, I'm going to need more than that. You know, I, 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 I need more than that. Yeah. That's not proof to me. Not at all. No. So we definitely have more work to do there. That's for sure. Um, but that's, a, that's, another, that's another one where we've collected some things there, but we're following up on it and we're seeing where the story goes. You know, and that all started from we're driving down the road having, after having had lunch and you notice the Wood River Massacre Monument. Like, oh, what's that? We'll stop and we'll check it out. Mm-hmm. And it's gone on since then. Uh, Bree Jones says it's about helping people and acknowledging them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Amanda Donaldson, we don't allow provocation at the ferry plantation. We turn down douchebaggins and crew. Awesome. I like to hear awesome. that. Glad to hear that. So, um, speaking of ferry plantation, I did throw this one out there earlier. 
Fairy Plantation edition of Encounters with the Paranormal. Um, I will say this about douchebaggins. Um, we have seen that, yes, the getting the location on the show does give it a public eye and people do end up wanting to go there for the investigations and it has brought a boost to i guess the economy of the location that's the only good thing. so the only good yeah. thing because it also what it brings to the venue for the greater good is uh, people going in wanting to experience what Zach claims that he experienced there, and then they're going to start provoking to get that whenever it doesn't just come mm-hmm. to them like it seemingly does in that hour of television where everything happens all yeah. the time. It doesn't happen that way. So they're going to go in there, and, and some of them are going to be really disrespectful, and I think that's really sad. You know, if everybody would just see shows like that for what they are as just for entertainment purposes only and not take them seriously that would be great we have to talk about that though because they do have a show in which they go to a location and they film it and they present it to people and they do do some historic research whether or not they present it correctly is always up for debate every episode Um, and we're doing I have to admit something similar with our investigation videos where we are going to a location, we're getting the history, we are investigating it, and then we are presenting it on our YouTube channel for everybody to watch and consume as a piece of content. So, you know, I say in that light that we have documented our experience at that location with this video or like Cheney Mansion was three videos Is what Ghost Adventure is doing. Are they documenting? For their own personal gain, yes. So we would consider that document. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, a lot of it. To them. A lot of it would be inaccurate. We know this. Because. Duh. Because that, <laughs> that stone Hello. that Zach is like putting his hand against, you know, this was made from the stones there, from, you know, of the wall of the prison. We know that's not true. No. And they were told that it wasn't true and they pushed on ahead with it anyway right. so i mean yeah it, whatever they're doing with that it's it's for the network and it's for money in their pockets and maybe it didn't start out that way but that's the way it is now so do i have respect for anybody there no i do not but i hate zach the most right so i'm just gonna say it and i don't care who likes him because he's always so cute or well, he's <laughs> such a great actor no, <laughs> he's not a great anything. He's the world would be a lot better off if he would just just disappear. Huh? <laughs> I, I would love, I would love to meet him. Uh, I would love to get him in a haunted venue with no cameras rolling and just see what he's got. If nobody's gonna see it, I want to see what he's got. I want to see if he still has it in him to be a legitimate investigator if he ever was one. I wasn't watching it when it first came out, so I don't know his story. I just know he's an idiot. So that's all I know. But I would like to see what he's got. That is my challenge if he's watching this. (laughs) I'm sure he's not. It's like, investigate, you know, with me. Let me see what you got. Let me see what you can do if you're not one to be on TV and make some money off of it. Just totally away from all that. I want to see what you got. If you can prove to yourself. Prove yourself to me in that regard. 
I might be able to dredge up a little bit of respect for you. Otherwise, I don't have any. Yeah, I mean, it seemed back in the day they were looking to chronicle what they experienced. And, you know, over time, you, you come to learn that it's just all about, it's all about the demons these days. So, so okay, fine. They are documenting. but And, and maybe that's a challenge for us. And I know it's a challenge for the locations because, you know, talking with people that have been there uh, or that have had their locations covered and they end up having to deal with the fallout from that. Yes, it's gained the place exposure. It has helped them to get people in there to do the investigations there. It brings it brings money in to help support the location. All great. Um, but then they have the fallout of dealing with the misinformation and... I mean, it, it's a it's a grave disservice, and then we're left as as far as you know, people like Honor Road Media that are trying to get the truth out there so that the truth is passed on. It becomes more challenging because a, a lot of what we do when we're doing this documentation and we're doing our research and investigating is we know a lot of is legend and folklore and ghost stories that have been passed down the time and campfire tales and all that wonderful stuff. Um, and is trying to get to that nugget of original truth. And so, you know, we're at Mineral Springs trying to uncover the original truth and we're getting there um, and we're digging. And then he comes along and it's like, oh yeah, we're at the bottom of the hole, we're almost there. And he just took like a whole, you know, bulldozer full of dirt and dumped it right on top of our heads. You know, so it's, it makes it more difficult. Yep, it means that you have to depend on people out there to um, see history and the truth as more important than entertainment. Yeah. Amanda Donaldson, remember when ghost hunters debunked more than they discovered? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that first season of Ghost Hunters, there was only like two episodes in which they actually said this place is haunted. My favorite one was them saying Limp was not haunted. It's like there was a lot of residual stuff, but we had to throw away a lot of it because of contamination from the outside traffic. Yeah. And, you know, maybe we, it's not, we're not saying that we don't believe that the things that people say happen. And, you know, we're not saying we don't believe that those things didn't happen. We just didn't experience it. So at this time, for this, we're going to say that Limp is not haunted. You know, that's great. But guess what? That's not very popular with a network. Right. They want you to be scared every five seconds. No, oh, dude, bro, what was that? You know? <laughs> dude, run. That's yeah. what's popular. So if you want to keep money coming in, that's what you're going to have to do eventually. Some network out there is hopefully going to see the bigger picture and allow the truth to be out there. And I would love to see that happen. Yeah, we've, we've said for a long time now and Amanda makes a great point with this uh, with her comments because we've been saying for a long time now uh, when it comes to new investigators because we get the question all the time what advice do you have for new investigators and so one of the issues I always see is that with new investigators they've seen the television shows and they're like oh I can do that and they try to Go to a location and mimic what they saw on TV. So my advice is always get with a seasoned team of investigators that's been doing this 10, 15, 20 years that are you know, reputable in your, in your location. 
um, you know, because what's going on on the shows isn't really the way it goes down. But I would make the exception with that first season of Ghost Hunters, maybe even the first two seasons, because there were, there was a lot of debunking, and you actually did learn some things about you know checking the wiring or checking the plumbing and finding these different things that are wrong that could possibly be making this noise or that door open or whatever um so you did actually learn some methodology in those first couple seasons which once the show started getting more popular and they were just going to historical locations that were already supposed to be haunted and there's just it, it, to me it became very cookie cutter and yep we're here five minutes of what goes on in this room? Okay. What goes on in this room? Okay. And then it's just night vision cameras for the rest of the show. So, um, yeah. Um, Regional, my favorite Ghost Hunters was them walking out on the place that tried to spoof them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one, actually, where they, it was a location that was supposed to be haunted, but they had, like, a lot of stuff rigged up in the place. And they're like, what in the world is going on in here? And But everything was rigged up. And so they basically had to throw it out because the people were saying, well, yeah, we did that to kind of enhance the experience. The place really is haunted, but to give people more of an experience, we rigged some things up. And they were just like... I would have blacklisted that yeah. place. <laughs> like, nope, you're done. You're done. Because, yeah, it may be haunted, but there's no way to know now because you've rigged everything up. Mm-mm. Can't do that. Um, so let's see, you guys have some comments and questions on here. Um, all right, Tom and Nicholas, I like your lecture on paranormal history. Can't wait to hear it again at Spook Show Con. Yeah, I'll be doing that one at Spook Show Con. Paranormal history and the paranormal, a working relationship. And so I and I go a lot into like the urban legends and uh, you know his uh, history that's been lost to time and how it ties into the actual hauntings that are going on at that particular location. Um, you know, talking about documenting, um, trying to dig up information for you know like my Maryland book and coming across like a little one-liner of a girl um in her haunting you know and finding buried within older books her entire story and just bringing that back to life I mean that's one of my favorite one of my favorites of all time um that's Ariana Calvert so um yeah I love doing that stuff so Brijo says okay so for the people who do spoof for media coverage does that make it harder for a legit place to get documented since obviously we can't believe what they feed us um yeah that i mean of course that makes it more difficult because you don't know what's real at that point yeah i mean history is history you know some of it is facts some of it you can find proof of as for the paranormal part of it that makes it really hard you know you're not you don't know who you're dealing with you don't know what you're dealing with if you if the information that's out there is made up so it's harder to find that way but yeah but the history is still the history you know if it's documented well and it's there you know the paranormal activity 
he may not be able to put much stock into it, but the history is still there. Right. Yeah. When, when they start when they start making stuff up, it adds another layer that you have to to cut through in order to get to the real history and also what's really going on there because it could really legitimately be haunted but because they're embellishing things and they're adding all this crap in there it makes it a lot more difficult to really figure out what in the world is really going on so all right um daniela stas for me history research and documentation are the basics for investigations and a must mm -hmm. yeah absolutely so um so some others that are kind of interesting here, just throw these out real quick. Just, you know, as far as documenting, um, Chuck Banks' big book on death, the saga, documenting the afterlife. Um, of course, he has his Midwest paranormal road trip. This is his top 10 places. So it's like a lot of different ways to document, um, you know, the paranormal. So, and this is of course the books. Um, Mischievous, that's Adam Tillery's. He has, this is an interesting mix because he actually has some fiction in here as well, but he also has how he got started in his experiences. And then uh, Vanessa's Walking with Ghosts is, you know, another one where she's documenting uh, her experiences. So, um, you know, that's kind of the written way through book of being able to, you know, to document our experiences and uh, what's going on at some of these different locations. You could pick like a specific location um, and run with it, a state, like I've got Oklahoma, Maryland. Um, you could pick a, you know, it could be a particular house, building. Could be a, not a particular person here, just my experiences overall time. Um, of course, our anthology, The Encounters of the Paranormal, are people from all over, but we're documenting their experiences to be able to share. Um, you know, written word is powerful. You know, those, you think about this, we have all these videos uploaded to YouTube. Unfortunately, I have them, you know, backed up right now, but YouTube could just go away, suddenly gone, or they come out with some other new policy and they're just like, your videos, goodbye. Or, yeah, we don't like your channel anymore, so we're terminating your account. They have the right to do so at any time for any reason. Mm -hmm. You know, so documenting on YouTube is, it's, there is a degree of risk. It's probably not going to happen, but there's a degree of risk. So, um, so yeah, we keep backups <laughs> to make sure just in case, uh, but even then those backups, you know, something could happen. Something could go wrong. It's, you know, electricity and, you know, just data written onto a, you know, a little disc at any time that could just go. So in a lot of ways, the written word is still the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, we just had that uh, thing happen with Guns N' Roses and their masters. Yep. You know, fire, boom. So, so the masters of all their stuff is like yeah. poof, gone. Yeah, so that could happen, you know. My computer and the backup drives and everything in there, fire, boom, gone. But with something like the books, those are going to be all time. It's not just, I'm not the only one that has the copy. You know, there's people from all over that have copies of it. So chances of it lasting hundreds or maybe even a thousand years from now are a lot greater than something like those videos. Does it make you want to put some in a time capsule? It does. It does. I've even thought of crazy stuff like, because it's it's paper, 
you know, it will eventually deteriorate given the right conditions. So I've even thought of like, should I actually be carving some shit into stone and burying it somewhere? (laughs) (laughs) You know how long that would take? It would take a long time. You definitely need a clone for that. Yeah. But seriously, I've thought about that. Like, yeah, my books will be around for a while, but it's not eternal, you know? But even then, this planet isn't eternal. So I could bring that all the way back around to when I've talked about we need to figure out how to get shit off the planet. I'm not kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Whether, Whether humans destroy themselves or the sun eventually takes the planet, which it will billions of years from now, this planet will not always be here forever. So eventually we have to get off the planet. So, if the books don't go along, then they'll be gone. The movie 2012, mm-hmm. where they had to make decisions over what they're keeping. I saw that. Yeah, and the guy at the end is like, yo, why, why are we going to remember this guy's book? Because I have it with me. <laughs> That's the <laughs> only reason. Otherwise, it would have been gone, totally lost, because there were only like so many copies that had ever been printed. He's like, we are going to have his work forever now because I'm reading it. So That was a good movie. That was a good movie. I liked it. A lot of people thought it was over the top, and in some places it was. But um, it's a, to me, any movie like that is always kind of thought-provoking to some degree. Um, so, Bree, does, your, you, does YouTube own your video rights once they're uploaded as copyright? Can you repost without YouTube as your own video? Yeah, I could post that video. Any of my videos are my own copyright. I could post them anywhere. Um, what I can't do where you draw the line with YouTube is being able to grab somebody else's content on YouTube and posting that as your own. That's, that's a no-no. You can't be doing that. And that other person can then... Um, nail you for a copyright infringement and three strikes on YouTube with copyright infringement and you're out. So you can't be doing that shit. Um, So yeah, but you can put your stuff up anywhere. Um, And some stuff I did like back in the day, I would post it multiple places, see what happens. Um, Some stuff has ended up on Patreon and then ended up back on uh, YouTube or vice versa. Um, in some instances, depending on what the content was, um, we've been taking some of the videos from here from Facebook like this, the Inside the Upside Down, and ended up tossing them back up on uh, YouTube. We have simulcasted the uh, Edge of the Rabbit Hole Inside the Upside Down on like Twitch and Periscope and you know uh, and formats like that. So those are actually in multiple places. So. Um, you know, it gets out to a wider audience and it also, yeah, puts that data in multiple locations. So, um, okay. So Tom McNicholas, I know that you uncovered things in spirits, people that haven't been doc get, okay. I know that you have uncovered things in spirits that people haven't documented. Do you think that others will try to follow up on your investigations? Sure. Pretty sure yeah. that's happened. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, um, you know, if we could get to a point where we all kind of help each other with that, like, oh, I got this. Here's here's my investigation. Oh, you got that. There's there's yours. Or, I mean, we've talked to 
to people after the fact where it's like, yeah, I found this other new piece of information as they continue to dig into the history. It's like, oh, okay, now that makes sense for this. Um, yeah. Yep. Um, Shana Wankel says, our HRM website has a list of all of the books. And yes. Daniela wanted a <laughs> list of the books. Oh, okay. There's quite a few books, so there are, I figured it would be easier to say, just go to hauntedgrovemedia.com or uh, mikebricksecker.com and... Would that be feeling book? Yeah. <laughs> a list yeah. of everything that Haunted Grove Media has published is there. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's the site. So let's see, what else do we want to cover with this? Because that's all the books. Um, how how else are we documenting? So we're also documenting with audio with the with the podcast as well. So there's other things that we're doing out there uh, with the with the podcasts. Where yeah, you you could listen to this episode in its in its entirety out there on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google, Edge of the Rabbit Hole is also on iHeartRadio. So you, all these episodes end up there if you want to listen to it in your car and all that. But we also throw some other things up out there as well. So we might throw some investigation information up there. Or we might have a, some sort of perspective on the paranormal that we throw out there. With Edge of the Rabbit Hole, we have the rabbit pellet. As Vanessa and I providing some additional insight into a particular uh, topic. Almost kind of like a... It's really almost kind of like inside the upside down, but like reduced format, you know? Um, But we usually try to pick some topic that's relevant to things that we've been talking about, or maybe it's almost like a preview to what we're going to be talking about with an upcoming guest. So it's it's other uh, other things that we're we're putting out there. Uh, The Patreon is a way to document. You know, we have all the behind the scenes videos that are out there. And so that's, that's documenting the things that we do while we're on an investigation like setting up or um you know we might throw some walkthrough footage or bloopers uh, bloopers go out there um you know something you know something with the cameras you know so there's a lot of different things that we toss out there Um, secrets secrets yeah yeah there's there's some things that the patreon patrons get that are that are pretty cool um might even get some photos up there that we don't necessarily put out in the public you know so um, yeah, so we try to throw some other things out there and, and document that way as well. Um, again, that's more video. We can't, I mean, we, there are blog posts out there as well. So there's a, there's a lot of different things that we're doing to try to uh, create that content and document everything that we're doing. And whether that's a full, large story of, of something that we're uh, doing, like an investigation, or it's maybe just a one-time shot at a cemetery because that happens where we might just we, we cover a cemetery in passing like the the like the lost cemeteries i mean we haven't gone back to all of those but it's become this documentation of the cemeteries that have been forgotten about like completely Mm-hmm. There's groups on Facebook that you can go to, like We Love Cemeteries or Abandoned, you know, Cemeteries. I belong to some of those. And, you know, you'll have hundreds of people in these groups posting pictures of cemeteries that aren't abandoned and then cemeteries that are abandoned. And, um, you know, there's almost always, you know, a handful of people that will say, oh, I, you know, have, 
you know, ancestors buried there. Or I have, you know, and they might have some little snippet of, you know, maybe an old, old, old photograph or... Not like that one with that schoolhouse. Yeah. Where we were just driving by. We we're, were on the road just kind of touring the area. Oh, we've never been down this road. Let's see where it goes. And there's some abandoned building off on the side. So we take a photograph of it. And you posted that in that group. And, and someone's like, oh, yeah, that's such and such school. And then they showed a picture of what it used to look like. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, it's just like, yeah. yeah. So we haven't followed up on that. But that's still like a nice little tidbit that we can run with if we want to further document that and do some research on that particular school and just keep following up and, and dig into that i mean that becomes an option um because it's a, somebody documented it yeah you know well they at least had the photo so there's yeah. that yeah um right now it's cow pasture yeah. so it happens but um yeah a lot of those uh cemeteries like okay I find a grave it, to me it's kind of a little bit of both there's a lot of data collection of this person's buried here here's the grave marker here's the dates all of that stuff there is some documentation though when people put in like maybe the obituary or they create a write-up of who that person was then that becomes documentation so I guess that's kind of the the difference there is because it's it's a two-pronged site. And sometimes on find a grave, someone will get down there and leave comments. So oh, this is you know so and so, and they did you know this, or, or you'll discover you know family that you didn't know you had on find a grave sometimes, or you know so and so's like third, fourth, you know fifth cousin, whatever. It's like oh you're related too, so am I. It's like hey you right. know, and then. You know, and then because you have someone new that, that also may have some information, now you have some more information. So part of the mystery is solved. And Bree Jones says, you're doing good with all the cemetery tags when you tag your abandoned places. Loving that. Well, you're welcome. Thank you. Um, and Tom McNicholas says, I try to visit some of the cemeteries that you have visited. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember trying to, because you mentioned family. And trying to go through my genealogy and find out where some of the different people were buried so I could, so I could visit the sites. And I remember um, one particular ancestor, there was no marker there. And there were the, the stones that it showed were all for other family members. And it, they just showed like the family sites because there was the big family marker and then the graves around it. And it's like, I don't know if he's actually buried there. You know, in, in the record that I had, there was no mention of where he was actually buried. They're showing, okay, where his father was buried. Okay. Um, great. You know, there's one of his wives. Okay, cool. But he had remarried. And so I was thinking for a while that, you know, well, maybe he and his new wife were buried elsewhere. It makes sense because they lived for like another 20 years after that first wife had died so okay maybe they were buried someplace else so i was trying to track down uh the second wife well come to find out and you were in the office with me they were actually buried there just they were unmarked graves and he actually so his first wife had a marker there then there was him next to her and his second wife on the other side so that's kind of awkward <laughs> <laughs> but there it is you know so so it's interesting the stuff you can kind of you know come across and find. Um, 
Bree Jones, there's a grave search site that will give you the picture of the grave. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's find a grave. That's that's what we're uh, that's what we're talking about. I think there's a, a couple of other smaller ones, but find a grave is the big one that that most people use. Um, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I think there. I, I think they utilize two aspects: there's data collection, and then you can take that data and turn it into documentation on that site. So, big difference between the two. And so, um, so yeah, I, I think a lot of what we run into within the paranormal is data collection. Data collection, data collection, data collection. And the more important aspect of what we do is documenting, whether it be through a video or a book or whatever it is that we're doing, but providing the additional information that tells the story it's it's all about the story um it all goes back to and tom you mentioned it earlier with the history presentation you remember what i start that off with with the storytelling um when you're in a history class and your history teacher is just like this guy lived was born on this date died on this date he fought in a war i don't know maybe he was a president you forget it you know, you probably even forget the name of whoever it was. And by the time you take the test, you're like, I don't know, you know, 1743 he was born? You, you don't know because all you're, all you're given is a name and a date. That's data. But once you start finding out, oh, you know, he did this, you know, these different things. And, you know, he and his wife went off and did that together. And, you know, he maybe he led this great charge at this, you know, in this battle. And you get to learn more about the battle and da -da -da, all these different things. You know, then it starts to become a story. And you're like, oh, this is that guy. He's the guy that did all these things, you know. And, you know, he had the funny looking mustache, too, you know. <laughs> You know, then it becomes more of a story, and that's when you are able to remember these things. Before, before that, it's just pieces of random data, and it's our job. Even though it's paranormal, right? You know, we're we're at a location where we're experiencing these this different activity. It's all part of the story that gets to get put together. So, um, all right. Yeah, Bree Jones says, my history teacher, here's a video, there's a quiz, next class, read the book. Yeah, um, the best history teachers are storytellers. The ones that just do names and dates or, like you said, you know, watch the movie, those are not good history teachers. So we, we need more good ones. So, um, all right. So I think we'll go ahead and get wrapping this up because we're just about an hour into it um anything else you want to finish up with my tea she finished her tea <laughs> so there good. you go <laughs> because this is not the chocolate one the chocolate one has caffeine in it oh but okay i spent way too much money at republic of tea here recently um i got this one to get restored and it's it's pretty good, but then there's this double dark chocolate one, and when you open it up, it smells just like a you're unwrapping a candy bar, and it's I have not tasted it yet. But then there's ginger peach chocolate truffle, which sounds horrifying. It's but actually really good. Yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow. 
I'm tomorrow. Trying those tomorrow. You haven't tried it yet? No. I tried it before you like days ago and you haven't had it since and I was gone for a I few have, days. I've either I spend most of my day trying to rest and then when I get right. up I'm like run, 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 run because I gotta go, go, go. But Republic of Tea. If you're not gonna order it directly from the website, go to It's Raining Zen. Get mm. it there. When Robert throws down there um, and being respectful to the spirit. So I think I was following up off of something we said. But yes, yes. Um, following, um, respecting the spirits is actually extremely important. That's when you respect them, usually, I mean, they're all like however they were in life. You know, so if you have a jerk spirit, you know, he was probably a jerk in life. But most of them, you respect them and they'll communicate with you better and you'll get a little bit more information out of them so that you can better tell their story. So respect goes a long way. Yeah, don't just go marching up into their, you know, place that they had before you did and then just be like, hey, you know, here's something, you don't know what it is, talk into it, you know. Yeah, talking to the red light. No, no, no. You can't do that, you can't do that. But, um... Like, you guys haven't seen the video yet, but it's coming up 518. That'll be coming out this Friday, yes. And it was a great historic location, and uh, there's proof that if you go up in there and you talk to them like they're people, stuff happens. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right, everybody. Really appreciate it tonight. Stacy Comiskey says, great show like always, Mike and Shauna. Thank you very much, Stacy. Diane also says, awesome shows tonight. All right, that'll do it, everybody. You have a good night. And I don't know what our topic is for Inside the Upside Down next week, but Andrea Perrin will be joining us for Edge of the Rabbit Hole uh, on the Hunter Road Media YouTube channel. Please go out there if you haven't done yet. uh, Please subscribe. And, of course, follow us, share, all that great stuff everywhere else. So really do appreciate all that everybody does. Uh, to help support us. Tammy Heitzman, thank you as well with all the big hearts. So have a great night, everyone. Till next time.